Welcome to the Bruins Betters Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4, Opening Night with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter X at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like button and give us a subscribe Hit subscribe and subscribe to the Inside the Rink uh, YouTube page. Smitty will tell you how to watch some Bruins action on ESPN+. Plus. Sure, you can sign up for ESPN+, Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+. Plus. I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and now NHL hockey. Uh, and a little college hockey sprinkled in, too. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any Bruins action one last time. Sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And the Bruins get it going here on the centennial season, opening night, playing the Chicago Blackhawks, who are playing the second night of a back-to-back on the road after a win in Pittsburgh. And the Bruins get the W. Three to one is the win. First goal was set up by rookie Matthew Patra. And uh, he sets up Trent Frederick, of all people. And we had a uh, better ball on who would be the first goal scorer. And uh, Trent Frederick was nowhere to be found. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so here's your, here's your first goal scorer. Um, but great poise uh, by Patra. He finds Carlo, who had a great game, I thought. And then Freddie yep. uh, puts it in with a fantastic tip in front. It was Connor Bernard who tied it, uh, his first NHL goal. And you can tell. Uh, just what kind of talent that kid is. Not, not. I mean, not the biggest guy in the world, oh. but, man, is he somewhat electric. He is. He really is. He can shoot the puck. I mean, he has a – they went over it a little bit on TNT, how he can kind of bring the puck in towards his feet, and he has a lightning quick release and a really hard mm-hmm. shot. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist on TNT said that uh, goalies have a really hard time picking that up because uh, they kind of bring it into the feet of the defenseman and the feet of the shooter, and and then it's off his stick before you know it and by you. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he had a lot of really good chances. Uh, Allmark was was good in this game and, and made some big saves, uh, you know, timely saves. And, um, you know, the Bruins, you know, Pasta gets a couple late. Uh, you know, on, one of them on a nice feed from Luch through the neutral zone on a two-on-one. Uh, and then Marshand, uh, you know, with an unselfish play late, gives Pasta the puck for an empty netter. And, and the Bruins go on to win. Uh, you know, it was a nice, nice win for them after kind of a, a fairly tough preseason. They didn't play particularly well in the preseason. They got outshot by a wide margin in uh, and, and quite a few of the games. So uh, it was nice to see uh, them get a win against a team you really should beat if you, if you, have, if you have any, uh, you know, plans to, to uh, play in the playoffs and make a deep run. You, you really need to win these type of games. Yeah, especially second and night of a back-to-back with Chicago, a young team with new players, uh, some veterans they brought in. They kind of they're obviously rebuilding. They're not their expectations aren't very high. Uh, Bedard plays twenty-one, uh, a little less than twenty-two minutes, three minutes more than the next forward on the team. Uh, he led the whole game and with six shots on net. Um, but the Bruins and and Jim Montgomery called it after the game a very average sort of effort by them but he was really 
he was really happy with the way in the third period they really, in true Bruins fashion, kind of clamped down in the third, possessed the puck an awful lot, and then were able to get the empty netter uh, late. Yeah, I thought the third was their best period. I really did. Yeah. I thought they uh, they held the puck down low, like like Montgomery said. I didn't think they were great in the first. Uh, I thought they were probably a little worse in the second, honestly. Uh, but the third, they they played the kind of hockey that you hope to see from them. They were kind of big down low, um, you know, getting pucks to the front of the net. Uh, they should have been probably rewarded with a couple of those chances on a couple of those chances. There, uh, Chicago's goalie played really well. Um, made a couple of really nice saves when the Bruins had Chicago kind of hemmed in for a bit, um, or the game kind of could have probably gotten out of hand for them a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, a really nice win um, overall, uh, and a nice way to start the season. A great ceremony to kick things off. Um, you know, with uh, a lot of the former Bruins coming back and big ovations. You know, Espo was there, which you know he doesn't really he had a little bit of a falling out right. kind of with the Bruins, so it was nice to see him there and. You know Bork and Neely and Orr, obviously, and and mm-hmm. some of the guys from the from the eleven Cup team were there. So uh, just a really nice celebration of uh, you know kind of the history of the Bruins, and uh, and they capped it off with a win. Yeah, and, and Tim Thomas was there, and Milan Lucic said after the game he had, he couldn't remember the last time he saw Thomas. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, so that was nice to get everybody together, and it was a you know it's a credit to the organization. A hundred years, I mean that's. That's something you should absolutely celebrate. Uh, and the Bruins get the win and uh, are off and running here in the uh, 2023-24 season. Uh, all right, now time for Seven Chirps, and that is brought to you by Lops Brewing, Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS. Get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. Follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Chirp one is Don Sweeney, uh, who actually ended up keeping a couple of rookies in the opening night roster. Is he really the right guy to move the Bruins into the next era? You know, that's a tough one because anytime, every time you, you think he's going to do something dumb or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like he, he, I mean, he's made some really good trades. Um, you know, he's made some kind of shrewd moves here and there. So, I mean, the drafting, honestly, not great. But, you know, they have a few guys now maybe that are cracking the lineup a little bit. Um, so maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not as far-fetched as we think that that he could be the guy to, to, to do this. Um you know, if he can draft, if they can draft and develop a little bit better, uh, and they seem to, you know, be able to sign guys to, for the most part, you know, pretty team friendly deals. Um, you know, maybe he, maybe he is the guy going forward. Yeah, I mean, you have you have you have DeBrusque and Carlo, you have McAvoy, Swayman, Lauko, now Beecher, Patra. Um, you know, you have a you have a quite a few guys he drafted. In the lineup right mm-hmm. now, yeah, um, and of course, Lowry is laying the weeds there. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have quite a few now that he has drafted. So I guess you can evaluate it, you know, as we go forward here and see, um, you know, these these next couple of dra- these last couple of drafts here in twenty two and twenty twenty and twenty one, like those drafts, they really need to hit on some of those guys. And it looks like so far, you know, maybe some of that's coming to fruition. So. 
my thing with Sweeney is, is that he's, he's, you could tell, and I, I'm just guessing, but I'm, I think it's an educated guess that he's petrified of missing the playoffs because that's the one way you can get fired. Right. With the Bruins. Yes. If you miss the playoffs. And I think that's why he's so conservative with his roster moves and, and leans toward the veterans bringing in veterans rather than, than trusting rookies is because, because I think he, he thinks if I just make the playoffs, I'm good. You know, I'll be here forever. I mean, it's probably, he's probably not wrong though. I mean, they, they've shown, they, they really have shown uh, a propensity to not, want to change anything at all in the front office uh-huh. as long as they're you know getting their playoff dates and and the Jacobs family is making money they really uh, it doesn't seem like that they're really championship driven uh they're really right. more playoff driven and uh you know it was like that way for Harry Sinden for a long time when when there wasn't a cap and the Bruins wouldn't spend money um uh-huh. you know to to you know accentuate or uh help out guys like you know Ray Bork and Cam Neely and and so forth when when uh, they had some teams maybe that could have used that one or two extra players to kind of put them over the top. Sure. So, and I think that that's yeah, that's a and that's a good point. And I think um, that that is that is part of it. Um, you know, I, but I I do think though his drafts now you might have to evaluate it in an, in another year or two and look back and say okay, well maybe there were a few players there that ended up being core members of the team. So we'll see um, uh, as we go forward. All right, chirp number two. A.J. Greer is claimed by Calgary, put on waivers by Boston. Um, What what was your thought on Greer? I I, I just, look, I mean, I get why people like Greer, especially Bruins fans, is because he's the typical, like, he'll hit guys and fight guys and, and all that, but if there was ever a guy who was everything but the money shot, it's, it's friggin' AJ Greer. Like really like 108 games in the league. And he has like seven goals or whatever. Like, it's just like he, he has all the tools and you look at him on the ice and you're like, Jesus, you know, maybe, you know, this guy's decent and this guy might have some tools there. Um, you know, sky size can stay, skate a little, can fight you know, he's feisty and everything, but he just, doesn't get it done and this is his fourth you know hockey team now yeah i i I mean i don't think it's really any big loss for them i i think you know he was a fringe fourth line guy to begin with you know he was making you know not a lot of money and i think the bruins went into the went into the off season and went into this training camp looking to upgrade there and they found an upgrade in jacob lauco who's a homegrown guy who makes Mm -hmm. you know just a little as as money as Greer does, uh, he's a little faster. He's probably a little feistier. He'll hit a little more, uh, and but he's not going to really fight. Probably, it's not really. No. I mean, he's kind of a smallish guy, but he'll get in your face. And then, uh, and then you mix that in with a guy like Beecher who fought today. Uh, you know, won most of his faceoffs. Is big, plays center, can skate, can penalty kill. I mean there's really wasn't a spot for Greer here. So I, I feel like uh, the Bruins kind of went in the right direction on that one. Uh, And, you know, great guy by all accounts, Greer, but you know, he really won't be missed on the hockey team. No. And and I, and I don't think he will. So, I mean, hopefully he gets a chance with Calgary. Yeah. Uh, Ends up, ends up being a Lucic for Greer trade. (laughs) And for what this team needs, I think Lucic is, you know, as much as I was against the, the signing because not really against it, but just, I just didn't understand, I guess the, really the point 
Yeah. Uh, but I guess the one point is, is that he, he brings the leadership and he brings a veteran guy and they have some younger guys they want to bring in and they have to maintain that, that, uh, that locker room. Yeah. And uh, he's, and he's huge at. and he can fight, right. you know, the, there's some heavyweights in the, in the Atlantic now, Ryan mm-hmm. Reeves with yeah. Toronto, Abra, Epps, Chad, or whatever the hell his last right. name is right. with Montreal. Those guys went yeah. at it tonight. Uh, yeah. up he in Montreal. 17 penalty minutes tonight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's some heavyweights and right. other than Lucic, they, before that, they really didn't have like Greer's, you know, a big guy, but not a big, big guy. Like he's right. more of a middleweight. Freddie's more of a middleweight, so they really didn't have a guy like Lucic who could police it if it needs policing. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's probably not going to drop the gloves very often, I wouldn't think, but um, he he most certainly will be able to hold 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 some other teams accountable if it comes to that. Yeah, no doubt, and I you know. I think you know saw tonight that Luch is you know he's 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 motivated and he and he's he's so happy to be here. Yes, that's gonna you know that's give him some legs. You know Montgomery said he's in great shape. Yeah, uh, so maybe he wasn't in the best shape the last couple of years. You know what I mean? He's in great shape and he's you know, he wants to do well here. He's really grateful to be here. So that that'll have some legs. I don't know if if in mid January that's going to sustain. Right. But you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see what, what happens. He was certainly uh, dishing it tonight too, Luch. Oh, he was. I mean, Luch, I mean, he's always he had pretty good hands. Yeah. He's got good hands. I mean, he's got good hands. He got good hand eye coordination. He's always been kind of an underrated passer. Mm-hmm. Like he makes the right pass. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in 2011 and 2013, he was making plays all over the ice. I mean, sure he was. You know, he, he was. So maybe it is a, a case of just, you know, just didn't have, wasn't in great shape and just wasn't in the right setting. And now that he is, well, look, he's still 35. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's still, you know, it's still uh, not going to be someone you can really rely on as a, as a top member of the team. But if he can fill a role and, and here's the other thing, even in a night like tonight, the first night of the season, they put him in the top line eventually uh, just because, they can, and he can handle it. Yeah, and I put him there for three months. No, but he can he can handle it on a night where you need guys to get a kick in the ass, or or you know you just need to mix it up, and it paid dividends. I mean, he he sets up the game winning goal, yeah. actual game win. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I think there is some value there, and um, hopefully it continues. Chirp uh, three, Jimmy Murphy. Uh, reports that Don Sweeney was working the phones before the 5 p.m. Monday roster deadline. Uh, no deal was actually done, but are you surprised that they did actually make an attempt there, one last gasp, to maybe trade a full board or a Grizzly? I am surprised. I am. Uh, I thought they would just go into see into the season with with Forbort and Grizzlick and and keep some of that defensive depth because uh, you do run through defensemen during the course of a season. Uh, but I I still believe in my heart of hearts that Laura should be on the team and Forbort should be waived. I mm-hmm. I mean no one can convince me otherwise. Forbort and, and Shattenkirk in the first period because I was I was specifically watching for when they came on the ice. They had a shift that was icing icing and then a turnover at their defensive blue line, <laughs> and I was like, what in the absolute fuck is happening right now? Right. Like right. can we can someone get four? And and I watched throughout the night and pretty much. I mean, with the exception of a couple times, pretty much any time Chicago had sustained pressure in Boston's defensive end, Forbolt was on the ice. 
um, I mean, yes, it's like, and there was a there was a play where somebody had along the left wing boards. They go across uh, to the D, who's supposed to be jumping up in the play. It's foreboard. It kind of explodes off his stick. He he bobbles it, and they had like a chance for an odd man because uh, the forward is kind of swinging in front of foreboard there, and just fumbled the pass, and then shoots it down the ice. And uh, that's when I tweeted out four more stick where uh, <laughs> offense goes to die because I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's hard to watch him play uh, in a system that really isn't designed for him. It really isn't. It's not, it's not, it's not designed for him at all. He's a, you know, I'll tell you with Claude Julian, he'd be, he'd be flourishing. Yeah. You know, pass it oh yeah. Forth behind sure. That. Yeah. You know, great. Yeah. D to D, D to D, D to D, D to D. Into someone's back. Yeah. That's, that's him. But, but yes, I mean, trying to get it back across ice and then trying to have your defenseman move the puck and skate it ahead. And he's, you know, six strides behind the play. Like, it's just not. He's hands of stone. Um, although tonight, as the game went on, like, Shad Kirk had three shots on that. He had three block shots. He actually did better. I thought Shattenkirk was, even in the first period, I thought he was pretty good. Like, yeah, like I thought he was pretty good. Forbot was weighing him down, but I thought Shattenkirk overall was pretty good. But uh, it's also the Blackhawks, and if right. they're playing the Maple Leafs, yeah. or they're playing Yeah, that's Carolina, a different story. Sure. That could be a big different story. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that's foreshadowing, because trip number four is Mason Lowry going to Providence. Is it the right move? No, it isn't. <laughs> and all these people saying, oh, but he can go down there and play 30 minutes and run the power play. Why can't he play 30 minutes here? Why can't right. he? Right. I, I don't I don't understand that thinking at all. He can play 30 minutes here. Put sure. Grizzlick on the third fucking pair with Shattenkirk. Right. He can play right. 30 minutes here. Yeah, he, he showed it. He did it in preseason. Play he plays yeah. a lot. He's always played a lot. Yeah. The, the minutes thing, I don't understand that at all. Like, I don't no. get it at all. No. Like, he, he, he can play the minutes here that he could play there. Yeah. Yeah, he's learning at the NHL level, but I think that's a good thing. I think he proved he was ready. Uh, you know, he's got some defensive things to clean up like any rookie would. Uh, but he showed that he was the better player Yes, during preseason than what they have there. So, he's the fourth best defenseman in the organization, so he should be playing second pair with Carlo like, yeah. and playing 20 minutes a night or whatever it is with sure. Carlo. And that's that's where the value that's where his value should be. It's not like going down and playing in Providence. Okay, so he plays twenty five minutes tonight in Providence. Okay, great. But that's no that's to me, that's not that's not even the same as playing twenty in the National Hockey League. Right. Like and, and gaining experience and gaining confidence in the National Hockey League. Like going to Providence and playing twenty five minutes, that's not necessarily making you significantly better. But playing 20 minutes in the NHL next to Carlo is, you yeah. know, or throwing him against with McAvoy once in a while is. Sure. So I'm with you. Like, I, I just, you know what? You you were ha- you were two-thirds of the way there. You had Beecher. You, you made that right yeah. decision, even though you fucking wanted to screw it up. You wanted to. <laughs> and then, and then by, by having Patrick Brown hang out in the airport, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. But you tried that shit. So the, and then you had the, the Patra thing, which you tried like hell again to fuck yeah. that thing up and send him to Guelph. But you, you reneged and you kept going. And that was great. But you couldn't seal the deal. No. You couldn't go the third and be like, 
three rookies. Here we go. But, you know, he'll be back up. Yeah, I mean, everybody says, oh, he'll be back up. Like, hold your horses. Like, why why should we wait for him to gain the experience? Like, just let's just start with him now. Let, let's have him play now. He's better than what they have right now. So let's start with the good players. Let's have all the good players on the same fucking team. How about that? Especially when you have to prove that you have drafted somebody recently. Like, you have to prove that you have somebody in the system. Like, you have people in the system. Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting hammered with the 32nd ranked prospect pool. Like you're getting, you've been getting hammered people. It's like a laughing stock. Your yep. draft picks, you're drafting. Like you, you need to prove to people that you have some people in the pipeline that are ready to go. So just, just play them. You know what I'm saying? Like just play them. And um, to me, I don't care what anybody says. Lowry is better than Derek Forbort a uh, hundred times over better than Ian Mitchell, mm-hmm. you know, Jacob Zaboral, whatever the fuck. Like yeah. he's better than all of them. So why are we watching these other guys? I just, it's just, uh, just again, I, I don't know. Um, all right. Sharp number five. This is interesting. Chris Kelly says that the 2011 Canucks team was easy to dislike. They were. Says that af- after the Nathan Horton, Horton hit, Chara Thornton and Lucic all went over to the Vancouver bench and said, you guys will not make it through this series. That is tremendous. And, and that the Canucks said nothing back. So Kelly said they were in, they they knew they were in trouble then. But isn't this what we're talking about with the current Bruins? Like who would do that? And I know Luch is on the team now. Take him out of it. Right. Who would do that on this team? Yeah, they don't. They don't have a guy. They don't have that guy. No, they don't have that guy. I mean, right. and and to be fair, it's a it's a different league now than it than yeah. it was then. Right. To to a degree, to a degree, they still need, and we've talked about this before. They still need that physicality and and the nastiness. Um, you know, I I thought um, at times the Bruins were very physical tonight. You know, Pasternak laid yeah. a big hit, DeBrusque laid a big hit, McAvoy, yeah. you know, is is prone to do that. Had a few big hits. Yeah. Kylo laid out Taylor Hall. Taylor yeah, Hall yeah. left with an injury. They, they said out, yeah. they said he's weak to weak. Uh, yeah, so it could be like a, a shoulder or a collarbone or something like that yeah. with Hall. Uh, and we hope he's yeah. okay. But I thought the Bruins yeah. played physically. But, like, if on this team now, you would want it to be, you know, Lucic, McAvoy, Kylo. Like, those are the guys you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be those guys? Uh, unlikely. Kylo's a little yeah, bit too, too nice. No, McAvoy's not really... a. Uh, a chirper, he'll hit you, but he's not going to go and and set a tone. Maybe you know, with with uh, Bergeron gone and and kind of Marchand in, and they said the pre- the practices have been more physical. You know, maybe they're they're really trying to kind of amp that up, and maybe some of those guys, uh, Kylo McAvoy, I mean, will kind of grow into a more vocal leadership role, and and maybe they would be ones, um, hopefully, to step up and do something like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe McAvoy would, but but like you said, like they don't have those, you know, couple of guys that are just like intimidating enough and confident enough and like physical enough and yeah. and, and and you know, kind of knuckleheaded enough, right, like, to say that stuff and or to do that. And I think that that's what they kind of been missing. We talked about in the defensive core, like their defensive core in eleven compared to now 
is a much different breed of people. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I think it has played a part. I don't know what kind of part, but some part in them not being able to get to where they need to get to at the end of the day. Um, all right, chirp number six. Reports from Vancouver are that the Canucks have given Connor Garland permission to talk trade with other teams. Should the Bruins revisit this local dude? Uh, I think he needs to change the scenery. I do. And I've always liked right. his game. Uh, but they really, they don't have the space for him. They don't have the right. the cap space. They don't have the room to make that happen unless the Canucks wanted to eat a lot of that money. And I don't think they're willing to do that. Uh, no. uh, and, you know, he had a, few, a pretty good year with Vancouver a couple of years ago. He had 52 points. He was a plus, you know, 15 or something like that. Uh, so he had a pretty good year, but he's only scored over 20 goals once. So, yeah. I mean... Is it is he that much? And he's a small guy. He's not a big guy. Uh, you know, yeah. would you rather have a guy like Freddie, who's a homegrown guy, who's a little bit bigger, who scored 17 goals last year, or Connor yeah. Garland, who's yeah. you know making more money than him and scored 17 goals and is, and is you know smaller and doesn't really fit the Bruins' style as as much as Frederick does. Yeah, I mean, the last three years, 12 goals, 19 goals, 17 goals. Right. Like um, you know, nothing. You know. You know, just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's fine. That's sure. fine. But Trent Frederick had 16 goals. Right. That, yeah, that's what you I'm saying. What I mean? Like, it's just like, I don't know if that's the type of guy. I'd rather get a guy like a, a Elias Lindholm. Uh, yeah, I mean. Someone like that who fills a void. Yeah, is, is Garland, Garland makes like six. six he makes or, a 4.95. Oh, 4.95. Oh, I thought he yeah. made more Which than that. Which is still yeah, I mean that's that's probably more than he no. should make. But yeah, I mean right. it, to me, I'm I agree with you. I would rather spend you know a few more million dollars a year and and try to get a guy like mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm who will fill a, a void for you. Uh, you know at center. Yeah, well, Frederick makes two point three and he scored sixteen goals. Right. Exactly. Yeah, this guy's making five million a year. Yeah, scoring seventeen goals. Right. Like, uh, and he's five ten one sixty five. I mean, he's yeah, a little little dude. Yes. I don't know if we need any more little dudes. And they're going heavier and bigger. They are. Absolutely. Across the board. So yep. I don't think that's the type of guy, unless he was supremely talented. But no. Uh, all right. And chirp number seven. How long before Matt Patra is on the top power play unit? Because the power play wasn't great. Yeah. And, and I really am concerned about it just because there's just, again, not like that. He's the best playmaker out there. Like, he's the best playmaker of the centers they have. Mm-hmm. He may not be the best player right, right now, but he's the best playmaker. Mm-hmm. Like he's the best naturally gifted playmaker, and they're going to need that on the power play because I see it struggling off and on all year long. Yeah, the first, the second unit, I thought, at times looked pretty good because they were moving the puck around and they were shooting, uh, mm-hmm. which the first right. unit needs to get back to. The the whole, like... Right. We got to work it until we get past a one timer is just it's that's not the way yeah. you need to play power play hockey. You need to go where the guys are not and, and play the two on ones. Uh, and if they're overloading against posse, you have to get it down low to JVR and maybe he bumps it up to Zaka for a shot or whatever it is. You need to make better decisions and value the puck more. Uh, the first power play unit. My only issue with Patra being on power play one is he plays the same spot as Pasternak and Pasternak obviously is not coming off power play one. So you would have to, you would have to maneuver that somehow 
where I don't know if you put Patra in as the bumper and Zaka goes to power play too, or what you do there. Uh, right. But, you know, obviously Pasta's not coming off power play one. So you would have to kind of maneuver around and find a different spot for Patra on power play one if you were going to put him in there. Yeah, I, I Patra, I, I think the bumper might work. The only concern I have with Patra, he's not very big. Yeah. So if you stick him in the center of the ice, that's a little that's a little tough. And he doesn't have quite the shot that Bergeron developed. I mean, no. Bergeron took a, a while to develop that shot from mm-hmm. where he could really be a threat at bumper. So I'd rather have Patra like behind the nest or somewhere where he could see the whole ice. Yeah. That's the other thing is, is that your back is to people at the bumper an awful lot. And Bergeron mastered him. He's excellent at it. Sure. Uh, but that took some time and that was really tailor made for him uh, and his skill set. So, um, but yeah, there's going to be something, I don't know. I, I just think that after a while, Potter is going to be, I mean, he's just too talented playmaking wise not to have him play more more power play minutes that's where his bread should be buttered i would i would think so i, I don't know yeah. we'll see what happens there uh all right DraftKings sportsbook is boston's hometown sportsbook and it's live right here in massachusetts but local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate all new customers will receive up to 200 dollars in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings sportsbook using the code itr you can now bet local on money lines and spreads and props and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, that's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you can get up to $200 in bonus bets using code ITR to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If your loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21-plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued as free bets, terms at draftkings.com slash ma. And the season must have begun because we're back to beauties and benders. And you know what? I was actually thinking today that maybe, just maybe, we bring back whipping boys at some point if need be. There's a chance. It might happen. There's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance. Uh, All right. The beauties uh, for this week, and uh, beauty number three is one Matthew Patra. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Uh, First NHL point. For Matt Patra, it made a terrific play of about 11 minutes to go in the third where he got a shot on net and then went all the way down the other end of the ice to, to, to really um, create this great back-checking situation mm-hmm. where he broke up the play like it was a great 200-foot play. If he does that, then goodness gracious, he'll never go back to Guelph <laughs> no. unless he's on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be here all year if he keeps that yeah. up. Uh, yeah, he, he looked really, really good all night long. He, he was poised with the puck. I mean, he made a few kind of rookie mistakes, uh, like a blind backhand pass once mm-hmm. uh, coming down the right mm-hmm. wing boards. Um, but other than that, uh, he was really strong, really solid on the pucks. He was battling for pucks, threw some hits, um, you know, uh, was right in the mix there in front of the net. Uh, had a really good chance uh, right towards the beginning of the game where he kind of 
uh, grabbed it out of the air and it was kind of stuck in his feet, kicked it to his stick and got a backhand that, uh, that almost went in short side. So, uh, he was, he was, he was really good all game long. Uh, you know, not maybe as dynamic and, and fast as Connor Bedard, but, uh, really had a, a, a good game in his own right. Sure. Two shots on net. He had uh, fourteen fifty of ice time and he was five of seven at the faceoff dot, which was good. And as a team, 63% of the faceoffs were won by Boston. Uh, so that was a real dominant effort by the Bruins, something that we had sort of pinpointed coming in after losing Bergeron and Krejci and Nosek. Yeah. He was also a good uh, faceoff guy. Uh, how would they do at the dot in the first uh, go of it? was excellent. So that's a, that's a good sign. All right. Beauty. Number two is one Brandon Carlo. Gonna love you. eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. I thought, I thought Brandon Carlo, I thought this was the best I've seen him play in a long time. Like he was decisive with the puck. He was confident with the puck. He was using his body. Um, he was making the right decision quickly. Like he was playing. The only hiccup was where he got his feet sort of crossed up. Yeah. Blue line. Mm-hmm. Bedard came in for a great chance, but that was more of a, to me, it was more of an unlucky kind of feet get tangled up kind of thing. Because for the most part, I thought Carlo was just excellent tonight. He was, he was really good all night long. Obviously he had the assist too on Freddie's goal there, uh, kind of mm-hmm. jumping up to give, uh, an outlet to Patra on the, uh, cross ice pass. So, uh, he was really good, uh, physical, which, you know, we've been harping on for a long time that we'd love to see that, uh, more from him. And he really just played a strong overall game. He was kind of mm-hmm. involved offensively. He was skating, you know, breaking the pucks out of his own end. You didn't really see, much trouble with that. And, you know, obviously he's, he's good on the penalty kills. So, um, yeah, really strong overall game from Carlo and they're going to need that from him. They need him to be kind of that, you know, 20 minutes shutdown guy, uh, that he has been in years past. Yeah. He had uh, two shots on net 19 minutes of ice time, uh, and was really, really good, uh, in the game tonight. And then beauty. Number one is one David Pasternak. going to love you. Eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Two goals for Pasternak. He gets the eventual game winner and then the empty netter late. Um, and he's going to, you know, the, the thing about Pasternak will be, you know, will he miss, you know, Bergeron and Krejci? You know, will he miss those high-quality centers uh, this year? Uh, or will he not not miss a beat and continue on? I think I saw where his... His over-under for goals was 47, I think it was. Uh, so he had 61 last year. So that's a, that'll be interesting if, if you, you know, whether or not you think that he would get over 47, get close to that 50 mark again. I think he probably will, uh, as long as he stays healthy. I think he probably will. It'll be right around that 45 to 50 mark, I would, I would think. I agree with you because I placed a bet on that on yeah. draftkings.com. Oh, they, 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 there you go. There you go. You know, throw a little bone to the, to the sponsor. Yeah. You know? I mean, hell, why not? Even the beast. Yeah. So to speak. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, he's going to do it. I think he's going to have a, I think yeah. he's going to have another 50 goal season. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should have taken the under tonight. The over under was six goals and it was a three to one Bruins win tonight. So that was the under. Interesting. Uh, interesting. All right. 
And here we go with the benders. We're going to start with number three, and we're going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ah, the bender. Uh, Mm. They blew a 2-0 lead in their home opener to the very same Chicago Blackhawks that the Bruins just beat 3-1. That's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. I mean, and they've got Carlson... With Latang, kind yeah. of the same player. Yeah, you know they've got Riley Smith is on the team now. They 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 added these veterans, um, you know, almost sort of trying to make this last gasp effort for their, you know, for for Malkin and, and Crosby and, and Latang. Uh, I just don't think it's enough. I don't have them in the playoffs. I think you had them at what a second wild card or something. But I was going I to. I just don't think it's going to. be I right. was going to have them in, but I, I, I just I think they might be right on the edge uh, on yeah. the on the outside. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to be a good year for them. No, and the and the power like Latang and Carlson uh, uh, both play like huge minutes on the power play. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tried them together, I guess, in preseason, and it really didn't work out. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's the one who ends up getting the majority of those minutes on the power play. I mean, Carlson was a right. hundred point guy, but Latang's been you in know. Pittsburgh for a hundred years. Yeah, so it's an odd thing. <laughs> uh, it, it, I'm not saying there's going to be like infighting or anything like that, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those minutes. Uh, you know, quarterback in the power play with those two guys. Um, so uh, yeah, Pen- Penguins number one, TNT. Ah, the bender is the number two bender. Um, I, I, I want to be able to watch the games, and I can't. Right. I mean, yeah. I did tonight. Actually, they have some kind of uh, weird thing with HBO Max where uh, they're gonna they're giving away like a free live sports thing for like a month or a month and oh, a half. Okay. So I lucked out and I was able to watch it through HBO. Um, but I, I, I just. I, I feel like the commentating is fine. Like it's fine. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't love it. I don't love it. No, I don't love the delay. Yeah. The delay is ridiculous. Like, phone goes off. You're like, Oh my God, they scored. And then literally an hour later they score. Like you're waiting. Are they really going to score? Why did it say it? They got to score. And then the Parsonak empty netter, like it was a good 15 seconds later. Like, Oh my God, like they scored. So you know, that, that's kind of irritating. You know, they lost Lucic on the feed tonight. Like, it's just like, come on. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's just any type of national thing anyway is always not as good or not as complete and not as comfortable, I guess, is the word, yeah. as your local thing. Like, in local, you know what to expect. Like, the local people do it every night. Like, they know the team. They know the whole thing. The national, they're picking shit out of their ass. You know, they're they're making shit up half the time. Yeah, I mean, they're not they're wise. not they're not as prepared as the local guys because they're not around no. the team all the time. So, no. um, you know, they don't have that same familiarity with with the team right. that that even the fans do. So that's why you get right. pissed off at them because you know the team better than a lot of the well, at least right. the diehards do know the team mm-hmm. better than a lot of the commentators. And you're like, what are you fucking talking about, buddy? Right. Like that what you're saying doesn't make any sense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess really with any national broadcast, you're going to you're going to run into some of that. But I will say this, the Bedard thing seems to be over the top. Like they've had number one picks recently yeah. who are great players, but this is really 
over the top, the the Bedard thing. And he's and he's probably going to be really good. But I'm just like, wow, it's 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 odd that they're really going ham on this guy. It is it is a little bit odd. I think it has to do with a couple of things. Number one, uh, he's in Chicago, which is a huge media market. Right. Uh, so that's that's kind of drumming things up, and then uh, you know putting them on national TV for a big media market's going to help. You know, TV ratings in in big markets going to sell jerseys. That whole that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like they kind of dropped the ball on Connor McDavid or, or missed out because you went to Edmonton and it was tough to put him on national games because the games start later and all this stuff. So they, I feel like they, they think they kind of missed out on that. So they are, they're trying to make up for it here and don't get me wrong. They need to market their stars. So if they're going to start doing it now, great, Mm. but don't let him be the only one. I mean, there's plenty of other guys in the league. Like that whole game uh, last night, uh, Crosby against Bedard. It was all about Bedard and nothing about Crosby, who's one of the right. great, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So, so you know, if you're gonna market the stars, market all the stars. Don't market yeah. one young kid who you hope is good, uh, yeah. you know, and and not anyone else. So, you know. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy that they that they're starting to get into that, but it needs to be kind of a more broad around the league thing where they're you know it's you know David Posnock and the Boston Bruins against you know Connor Bedard and right. the Chicago well, Blackhawks. I mean, they put the quarterbacks yeah. up on the screen. They do in basketball they too. They do in basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean they sakes, yeah. yeah I mean they really yeah. need to 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 do that more if they want to sell more jerseys and get more people, casual fans into the league to see some of these guys, the personality of them and, you know, some of the skill and speed and stuff that they have is, is, is remarkable. So they really should be, uh, you know, taking advantage of that. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. All right. So that is it for, for, uh, oh no, we have one more bender. Yeah. The bender, bender, the lead bender, uh, (laughs) the number one bender is the national hockey league. And it is not over the, the, uh, the prompting, uh, the primping of Connor Bedard. It is of, uh, (laughs) illegally, (laughs) illegally banning the pride tape, not illegally banning, but, uh, their decision to ban the pride tape, uh, and, and, uh, the pride jerseys have, were, banned a little bit ago but uh Mm -hmm. taking away the tape which was never really even a requirement beforehand uh so you know they go from one extreme to the other extreme where they really should just leave it all alone if if people want to use the tape let them use the tape and there's there's been players that have already spoken out uh and said you know, I'll use it. What are they going to do? Find me? They're going to suspend me a game if I'm if I'm using it. So, uh, I mean, it's really going to be a bad look for the league if some of these players around the league start start using pride tape during warmups and the league's out here finding them for uh, sure. for doing that. It's it's really a bad look for the league. They put themselves in a really tough position here where they probably should have just stayed out of it. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, that's just a knee jerk kind of reaction. We're just going to let, you know, it's like, uh, it's like when you're, you know, your, your parents, you, you have a, you know, something that you just, you know, you take for granted or you're not grateful for. So they just take everything away. They'll just take it all away and make you suffer. So for no good reason. All right. Uh, we had two polls this week. We did. Uh, first poll. Who scores the first goal of the Bruins' 100th season? In our 
our choices were Pasternak, Marchand, DeBrusque, and then other. And uh, Pasternak came in at 34%, Marchand at 14%, DeBrusque at 15%, and then other at 37%. Well, other won, even though there wasn't a single Trent Frederick in the uh, in the write-ins. <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> no, there was one guy who said uh, someone on the third liner, some third liner. So I guess he got it. Yeah, America. we'll give it to him. We'll give yeah, it to we'll him. Yeah, we'll give it to him. Not a boy. We'll give it to Alan Gregory, who comes in with uh, not sure who, but will be a third liner. So that's who it was. And that was 222 votes All in, right. that, uh, in that one. So uh, first, the first goal of the season last night was uh, – who was the first goal of the season? It was um, – it, it, it was in the Tampa-Nashville game. Yes, it was Kucherov, Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov. Yeah. yeah, and the year before, last year, was Danton Heinen, good old friend Danton Heinen, who's on a bus. And <laughs> He's hanging out at Mike's Pastry, yeah. having coffee and <laughs> coffee and cannolis until somebody gets hurt, yeah. and then he's gonna he's then gonna, he's gonna jump in. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got flip flops on, and he's eating. Yeah, fucking. He's hanging out. At, he's hanging out. At, he's hanging out at Mike's. Damn good cannolis, this, by the way. Oh, damn good. And modern too. Right. Good stuff. And modern modern pastry is excellent oh, as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, which former Bruin and current Blackhawk do you miss the most? And uh, here are the choices. Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall, Ryan Donato, and Jared Tenorti. Uh, how about this? Jared Tenorti got 5%. Uh, Why do we Ryan miss Jared Tenorti? <laughs> Ryan Donato, 6%. And then Nick Foligno, 25%. Taylor Hall, 64%. I'm a little surprised at that. I thought people would go... Uh, lovable Fliggy. I yeah, thought. I thought Fliggy uh, would be a little higher than that. I mean, Taylor Hall should should have been the obvious choice. So I I right. I mean I think that's probably why it was sixty whatever percent. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Fliggy would be a little higher. He's a right. really so good. Uh, you know, he's a great dude, and he's a sure. and he's a and he's a good player, and he's a and he's a good mm-hmm. leader, and and that's mm-hmm. a great spot for him uh, with Chicago, yes. kind of to put Bedard under his wing and and teach mm-hmm. him the ways of the league. So. Yeah, good fan. A couple points already, and yeah, um, you know he's doing his thing. And and this one, I'm interested to see where this one goes because it still has, still has a little less than a day left. Uh, we've had 36 votes, and I uh, wonder how many people, uh, how much uh, Fliggy will, will close the gap there. Again, we hope that Taylor Hall is okay. That's yeah. uh, that's that'd be a tough loss and a tough injury for him at this stage in his career. I mean, now he's going to Chicago. It's a rebuilding effort. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't won a cup. Yeah. So I'm sure that's something that's in his head. Like, Jesus, am I ever going to be able to win a cup when mm-hmm. he's not getting any younger? So that's a tough one anyway. So hopefully yeah. he's all right. Uh, all right. Bold predictions, bold predictions last year. I think I had Matt Boldy at 40 goals. You did. Uh, didn't get that one. The year before that, it was Jake DeBrusque at 25 goals, and I hit that one. You did. I think it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, this year in the league, uh, Austin Matthews, 60-plus goals I'm going to have. Yeah, and he started off hot tonight for you. Yeah, he's got three tonight. It's, con- it's convenient. <laughs> it's a convenient pick yeah. by you there. <laughs> wait until, wait until Matthews gets a hat trick late. Hey, I will let you know that I did it after the second goal, not the third. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my uh, league-wide bold prediction: I'm going to say Nathan McKinnon scores 50 and wins the Hart Trophy instead and of he Connor. Had one tonight. Connor McDavid. Boom. Did he? 
He scored the first goal tonight. There he is. Boom. I didn't yeah. even know that. Boom. Look at that. Yeah. There you go. There we go. It's, already it's three right, to one. So God knows what else he did. We're already uh, yeah. doing well on our predictions uh, already. So what's your what's your yeah. Bruins bold prediction? My Bruins bold prediction: Jake DeBrusque under twenty goals. Oh no. That's not yeah. that's not what we're looking that's not what we're looking for. I thought it was gonna bold negative. Jesus, I thought I thought this was these were gonna be positive. That's a that's a that's just a kick yeah. to the dick right there. That's terrible. Can't have that. Yeah, it's, it's a kick right to the to the gonads. All right, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ultra positive here. My Bruins bold prediction. I'm gonna say Matty Patra sticks with the bees all year long. And is a top three finalist for the Calder Trophy. Ooh, okay. So he is top three. So Bedard, obviously. Bedard's probably going to win. And then I think yeah. Logan Cooley is going to challenge Bedard. But then, you know, you have Adam Fantilli. You have Devin Levi with the Sabres in, in, that, in net. So Bedard, uh, okay. Potra's going to have to have a really good year if he yeah. wants to crack the top three. So that is bold. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think uh, the kid's got a shot. Yeah, you'd think, I, I would think he's going to need like 45 to 50 points. Sure, yeah. To get to get the third. Absolutely. Over. Absolutely well. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that is bold, and I, I love your train of thought. Uh, hopefully he picks up the slack for DeBrusque, who's going <laughs> to suck balls, evidently. Yeah. So, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Jake's going to do that bad. I think you were uh, just playing off your bold prediction from a few years ago and, and decided. Yeah, you to- know what? I just I, I have this thing in the back of my head, like, is he going to be able, is he going to do it without, you know, I think the center, the lack of center depth is going to hurt him the most. I really hope at some point, and maybe soon, that you see Poitra with Marshan and DeBrusque. Like that's that's what I'd like to see for a good amount of time, and I think that would help both Marshan and DeBrusque and Patra, all of them, all three. Sure, of them. yeah. I think it would be a really good fit, and then you could keep Pavel Zaka with with Pasternak and JBR or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or whoever Lucic, whatever. You know, just mix and match those guys. But and I Coyle, Geeky, and Frederick. Right. Yeah, I mean that works. Yeah, I mean yeah. I I honestly I think that's the best spot for him. It's it, it's just whether he can handle. You know those right. those minutes right. uh, against True. you know, and and he's probably going to be playing, and, and that was maybe some of the thought of Montgomery was, um, you know, those guys are playing against you know the other team's top D pair. You know, if he right. puts Potra on the third True. line, maybe he's more against he you know the third pair right. rather than than the top pair. So maybe that was he was trying to kind of get him away from the you know the top D on the other yeah. team. And the line and the balance through the lines, right? I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you can trust Coil to an extent, sure. And Zaka up there, and then and then Patra gives you a third line that's that look they scored tonight. They did. Like it gives you a third line. I thought Geeky was good too. I thought he was. Yeah, Geeky was good. He he was good, and and he hopefully he's an under the radar kind of guy that that can, you know, that's going to help a guy like Geeky, you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, playing with Patra. So, you know, we'll see what happens there, but I, I, I would like to see Patra get some, some, some power play time on the top unit for sure. And figure that thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So it is a centennial season and we're going to do every episode, a centennial team spotlight as we uh, chronicle the Bruins historic 100 players. And we are going to start alphabetically with Jason Allison, Jason and Allison, Allie, 
uh, played in his career 552 career games, 154 goals, 331 assists for 485 points, a plus 17 in his career. With Boston, 301 games, 294 points, 19 points in 18 playoff games. That's a pretty good career with the Bruins. Yeah, it really is. And it's a it and really honestly, is. it's a pretty good career overall. It Not, is. It is. I mean, he didn't. He had some injury problems that yeah. cut his career short. But almost but 500 Jesus. points in the league in in yeah. oh, just slightly over 550 games. I mean, that's almost a point per game, folks. Yes. Yes. For, for those of us who can do the math, right. <laughs> that's right. almost a point per game. Right. So that's. And, they were pretty good when he was yeah. there. They had that year yeah. where they they went to the second round. And yeah, him. It was. Glenn and Murray. Carter. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Murray, Joseph yeah. Stumpel. I mean, that was a good, yeah. pretty good team. Pretty good team. Yeah, yeah and, and Allison was a good good player. Like, yeah, good he, player. he really was. And, and underrated and, and really someone that people don't really talk about anymore. And it's probably because he didn't play a long time with them. But Jesus, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, Jason Allison. It really is, uh, and I think he deserves to be there. And you, you were saying earlier that Michael Felger, on Felger Mass. Oh yeah, was he like he was ripping on. Yeah, him. he was all over it. Like Jason Allison, what the hell is he doing yeah. on the list? Like, well, take a look at the stats, dude. Yeah, stats. You know I mean? The stats kind of you know prove that he belongs. I mean, yeah, sure. Almost a point per game with the Bruins, and better than a point per game in the playoffs. I mean, yes. that's, you know, that's winning time, folks. That's when you, that's winning time. Uh, when the rubber hits the road, that's when you yeah. need to be better. And he was right. If you're going to rip Joe Thornton, then you got to give some credit to Jason Allen. Sure. Me and the opposite. There you go. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, week ahead. Uh, it'll be October the 14th, Saturday night against the Nashville Predators and Philippe Forsberg uh, on that Saturday night at home. And the Bruins have a favorable schedule. The first eight or so games, um, so they you know they play Anaheim and they play San Jose and you know they have a chance to to stack up some points early uh, with a not so difficult schedule early on. So we'll see how that works. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Hey, we have a Matty Patra T-shirt out there right now that you can get. It is a beauty. Potsy 51 and you can get that right on the website uh, shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and stickers and coasters and banners and oh my <laughs> just so many things buy some shit from us for crying out loud just, yeah I mean I got this warehouse full of shit <laughs> yeah. that I'd love to send yeah me. I got a bunch of boxes in my living room I need to get get rid of some of this crap somebody <laughs> Yeah, let me buy some oh of it. Guys, when I have all this shit, <laughs> Jesus. Um, follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We do the game updates on Twitter, and of course, subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. Go ahead and click subscribe right now. In fact, if you're watching us on YouTube, and that'll do it for this episode of the Bruins Benders podcast. We'll be back again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Go Bruins! Thanks a lot. Bye bye.